0: I love our church. I love our family. This could be an interesting message. If you were between my ears right now, you'd be scared to death. (laughs) It's good, though. It really is. It's been a big week. And uh, I'm kind of in that very much in a place of of, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm hoping that it's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's been a big week in a lot of ways with some different classes that I've both been teaching and been taking. Uh, Jerry Parsons' funeral was yesterday, which was, um, I was saying to a few of them, uh, a few folks, that Jerry's funeral was one of those ones that uh, would be the absolute easiest and most difficult funeral you can do all at once because you're celebrating a man's life who loved God completely and yet leaves a great uh, void or a hole that that only God can fill, you know. And so there's that balance of that, and that's still kind of playing in the back of my mind and just... So many good things that God is doing, and, uh, and yet so many things that are going on in the life of our city that help us to remember we need a good God. Yeah. <laughs> we need a good God, you know, it's, it's that kind of a thing. So I'll try not to ramble too much here. But welcome to our newest series called Home Improvements. It's going to be a bit of fun. It's going to be, uh, I believe it'll be meaningful as well, and I, and I pray that it's helpful, but it's home improvements. Um, you, you know if if you've been looking for a washroom in this building of, of late, the last little bit, that we are in the mi- middle of some glorious rele- renovations. Like, it's fantastic what, what's going on. And the basement is a bit of a construction zone. And... Uh, it's, it's kind of cool because I took some, some pictures on my phone and I, I'm keeping them in my pocket because sometimes you just need a reminder when things are under construction, when things are improving, when there's renovations happening, it can get messy. And uh, that's true of our lives too, but it's like there's some great things going on. It may be a bit inconvenient for a week or two, but it's well worth it for the greater good. We are in the midst of some home improvements in the building, which is good. So when I say the word home... It probably brings a lot of different things to mind for a lot of different people. Like when I say the word, word home, like there's, there's, there's baggage with it. Like for me, it's a, it's a little farm and a little community on the Bay of Fundy shore in Margaretsville. Like when, when I say home, that's, that's where my brain goes. Yes, I live in Dartmouth and I have a house in Dartmouth. And, and it is home. But without filtering it, if somebody says, you know, home... That's instantly what I think of. For some, for some, it could be you know your country of origin or where you know where you've moved from. That that's still it's like if somebody says well, you know where's home that that is what you would express. Some it's the house in which you live. For the purposes of this series, I want us to think a little bit, maybe a little bit more abstract when it comes to this idea of home and home improvements. When I think of home, I, I want it. To, I want you to think of kind of that. That sphere where, of your where life happens for you, like it's a, it's more of a, I'll say a, um, a concept more so than a location. It's that culmination of experience and relationship that frame your world. God be with who's ever affected by that siren. In Jesus' name, frame our world. Relationships being the key focus. All right. So this is this is a bit of a relationship series. We're relational beings. We're created for community. If we don't do relationships well, it affects every area of our lives significantly. Which brings me to our next thought, improvements. Okay, so home, relationships, improvements. Now, improvement is the idea of better. It's upward moving. It's the journey to the next level. Okay, so now you put those two together, home improvements, improvements. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be exploring the idea of doing life better by doing relationships better. Like any reno, this could get messy, (laughs) which is okay. I mean, one of the things we want to do is we want to be really open and authentic throughout this series, which is one of the principles that actually makes for good relationships, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning, but here's where we're going with this. There's cards like this one that's got the Home Improvements logo on one side. And on the other, there are blank lines that say, my relationship question, dot, dot, dot. This is how either crazy, brave, or led we are. We want you folks, these are available back at Faith Next right now, on the way out, if you have a question, a relationship question, No holds barred. If you've got a relationship question, no matter what it is, we want you to submit that to us. And on the last week of this series, we're going to be sitting as a panel. There's a few of us that are going to answer these questions from a biblical perspective, from our perspective. So if you've got questions, if we have an answer, we will do our best to find an answer believing. that, So you can stop by Faith Next after the service and uh, we'll have more of those as the weeks go, go through. There's a few weeks in this series where you can submit questions in the area of relationships that you'd like to have answers to. Because we believe that God is the answer and he can give us wisdom and guidance. So we'll be collecting them. And, and so that's, that's something that we're, we're stepping out there. We want to we actually connect where people are. But this week, I want to try and set a uh, foundation for the rest of the series. I want to try to get... Um, a foundation to build from. You know, I'm going to be doing a lot of references to construction and building. So, so to do that, we're going to start at the beginning, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. It's if if you're if you're wondering Genesis actually means beginning, like it's it's this book of beginnings. And I love the message that that Ken brought last week on freedom. I mean, that was pshh, mind-blown. That was awesome. And I want us to keep that freedom in mind as we continue to move forward and talk about this idea of home improvement and home improvements. I want to go to Genesis chapter 2. So Genesis chapter 2. Um, we're going to start at verse 20. Uh, it's interesting because uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but there's actually two creation stories in Genesis. Chapter 1 is chapter 2. There's they're like two parallel. But I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 2. God has created um, and, and we, we kind of come into this, this in verse 20 where God's created everything and Adam is, is giving things names, with showing the authority that he has by, by that. So it was paradise. So let's pick it up in verse 20 of Genesis chapter 2. It says, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the fields. Uh, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Interesting. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. Now, the Hebrew there for ribs um, is, is literally side. Like they'd use the same description, like as the side of a ship. Like, so it's the idea of the, he, he took out of the man's side, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, from what he had taken out of the man's side, and brought her to the man. And the man said, whoa, man. And God said, okay, woman it is. So so the man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Now we get to the part that I believe really sets the tone for our series. For this reason, A man will leave his father and his mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. God, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, as we explore this together, Lord, that you will bring truth, you will bring freedom, you will bring life, you will bring hope. Lord, you will bring truth, and God, that it will ignite things in us, That will withstand life. Help us to do relationships well in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the garden. Picture paradise, right? We we have this picture of in the midst of that. Don't miss how this is really a description of the ultimate relationship. We had God, we had the man, we had the woman. And even if you take the physical element out of this for just a moment, it's, it's the picture of complete unity and complete vulnerability. Okay, you tracking with me here? Because there is nothing to hide, no shame, no fear, no rejection. Now, I believe that is God's original design. That is a picture of how it's supposed to be. I mean, it's significant. Like, as you read this, it's like, it says that that the man and the woman, they were in the garden. They were naked. They were naked. (laughs) But they felt no shame. When you're doing construction, I'm going to shift because everybody's kind of getting like, where's he going with this? This is going to get awkward. No, no, no. It's all good. When you're doing construction, there's there's something that you have to follow called a building code. Like we're we're doing reno, you know we're doing renovations. There's there's a and that's a, a minimum standard. It's a, it's a list of minimum standards to be followed uh, to make sure that you know for homeowners and different things that it's like that that uh, shoddy work is not being done. Like it's 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 in, it's imper- it's there to protect everybody. You can't just throw things together just any way you want whenever you want. So I want you to keep this in mind that, you know, I'm not talking about rules when I'm talking about relationships here, but in our context, I want us to picture the ideal. I want us to picture the ideal. The relationships described in the Garden of Eden were the ideal. We don't live there anymore. We don't have the ideal and the funny thing is it only lasted a few verses in Genesis, too. If we pick it up in, in Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 6, all right. so we've, we've had this description of, of perfect unity, of perfect innocence, of perfect relationship. Then we have Genesis 3, 6, and it says, When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord called out to the man and says, Man, where are you? He answered, um, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. You know, we've been covering up and hiding in fear from God and each other ever since. Think of it. They went from naked and unashamed to fig leaves and fear in one chapter. I mean, you and I have been doing the same thing to some extent. When you think about your life, I mean, remember, remember when you were kids? You'd do something wrong, and, and you'd try to hide it from your parents? Julie's not here, so I can and tell this one on her. It doesn't always work out good, but we, we were uh, doing some stuff at the church when she was just a little girl, and we had a babysitter. And Julie could be quite convincing, even as a toddler. She convinced the babysitter that, that uh, on the way to bed that the babysitter should, should give her a, uh, a popsicle. A grape popsicle, I think it was. So anyway, I, I mean, I'm not, so obviously you could see where this going. So, so Julie on the way, she gets this popsicle and knowing that she probably shouldn't have it, she hides it under her pillow in her bed. It's by nature when we do something, when we know we kind of got away with something, we try to hide it pretty fast and it often makes a mess. <laughs> We, 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 we find ways to cover up. We find ways to, to perhaps conceal who we really are. And you think about that as we get older. I mean, we go through school and, and trying to, to work out with peer pressure and all these different things. And we kind of try to cover up or, or enhance who we really are because we're afraid that people won't accept us for who we really are. We wear masks rather than be naked and unashamed. We've lost something in the garden, and we spend the, our entire lives trying to make up for it. We strive and work so hard and compensate for what we think we lack. And no, I am not advocating streaking. Uh uh-uh. But in a sense of who we are and, and the essence of who we are, I think there's a real, real connection there with Adam and Eve and the journey that they were on. I mean, I thank God that there's a building code for relationships. And from my perspective, it boils down to unity, openness, authenticity. Unity, openness, and authenticity. And it's so right, and it's so pure, and it's so beautiful. And so I believe as, as you look at the Bible and as you go through that, you can see how much of Scripture is related to our relationship with God and our relationship with each other and how that boils down and what that looks like. And it's always when we get to that place of authenticity with each other, when we can get to that place where we can strip down the facades and actually be real and connected, that relationships are at their best. And I believe that's revealed in His Word. I mean, the Bible's full of stories and teaching and examples of good relationships. There's a few of those. And then a whole bunch of dysfunctional relationships. And that's good because we can relate to those. And you see those quite often and how things are broken in relationships and how God contrasts that brokenness both with him and with others. Jesus was so intentional about helping people to see how it could be. What it should be, and to help us to get back to what it could be and what it's meant to be, I love how he teaches and how he brings these things out. And I believe much of his teaching is a reaction to what he—he he opens his eyes and he sees what's going on, and he addresses that as he speaks. I want to—I want to look at Luke chapter six, verse forty-seven. This is Jesus is teaching. Um, Luke was was someone that was was writing an account for Theophilus. Um, his benefactor, and so he was writing this account of, of what he had seen, and it was probably written a bit later than Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, but, or Matthew, Mark, and John, but it's like, he was in the middle there, and, and he was writing this, and so he, he's telling of, of Jesus, and Jesus is speaking to this, this group, and he says, I will show in verse 47, he says, I will show you what he is like, who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. So he's saying, this is what, somebody that hears what I'm saying, Jesus said, those that hear it, that get it and apply it, this is what it looks like. He's like a man building a house. Who digs down deep, and he laid a foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck the house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. It could not shake it because it was well built but the one who hears my words doesn't put it into practice it's like someone who builds a house just right on the ground with no foundation the moment the torrent struck that house it collapsed and and everything was destroyed destruction was complete so when I think of God's building code it's to lay a foundation that's solid it's to build something that will withstand the floods of life. Jesus had said he would hear my words, he who hears my words. All right? So Jesus is saying, like he, he pauses in the midst of this time of teaching. And he says, guys, the, the guy that hears, the, the person that hears my word and puts it into practice, this is what it's like. And he describes this wise builder. But what was Jesus teaching? Like, like what was he referring to? Well, Luke had a, had compiled a few things. So, being me, I'm like, all right, well, let's rewind the tape a few, you know. So, I just went up a few verses. So, we're still in chapter 6. So, this story is in 47. So, I backed it up. Jesus, what are you teaching? Verse 27 said, love your enemies. That's relational. Verse 29 says, turn the other cheek. That's relational. Verse 31 says, do unto others as you have them do to you. Sounds relational to me. Verse 36, be merciful. Verse 37, do not judge. Verse 38, give and it will be given to you. See, I believe Jesus was interacting with his city that was in a very messed up state. And as he he, as he was observing that, he was seeing how people treated their enemies. He was seeing how people were carrying offense. He, he saw how um, people were holding back and saying, you know, restricting and, and living that way. And, he, and he, showed, he saw people showing no mercy. He saw people judging other people. He saw people being stingy and withholding their lives. And he watched the carnage around him. And Jesus replies, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, Pause. He could see the state that we were in, but Jesus also was very aware of the ideal, the building code. He says, guys, so he looks around, he sees all these building code infractions, which we never like to see, and he's going, he doesn't judge, but he brings out this idea of, no, 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 love your enemies. Don't, don't, don't easily be offended. Turn the other cheek. Like Have some mercy on one another. Show some grace. Be generous restore like and he says when you live that way when you apply that stuff relationally things shift he knows that relationships that we build they will be tested by the storms of life so we want to build in such a way that they will withstand the shock waves of some of the things that come our way if we can be open if we can be authentic if we can be united it will withstand what the world throws at us it 's to dig down deep and to put in a solid foundation that 's what this series is meant to be all about. This is, this is our heart in tackling some of these tough topics over the next several weeks. So much of the New Testament deals with how we are meant to do life in community. Jesus taught it, Paul taught it, John taught it like Peter taught it like If we start to go through, so much of it was to do with our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And we want to tackle that. We want to grapple with some of the issues. And we want to really get to where your questions are too because I think it's important that we do it well. John 15, 12, speaking of Jesus' teaching... If you think about the foundational thoughts of that, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. Kind of ironic coming from Jesus, right? Jesus can see what's coming. He knows he's going to have to lay down his life for them. He says, you're my friends if you do what I command. It's important. It really is. When I look around this room, I'm so amazed at the group of people that we get to do life together and that we get to do church together and it's like I'm so amazed at who God can pull together and is brought together in the community of Faith Tabernacle Church. It is crucial to the cause that we do relationships well. To love as he loved. It's important that we do friendship well. Not just friendly, but friendship well. It's important that we do family well. Not perfect, but messy, authentic, strong, beautiful family. It's important that we do single well. It's important that we do dating well. It's important that we do parenting well, marriage well, community well. Why? Man, because when we get it right, it's a taste of heaven. It's paradise restored. Like when we get it right, it's like Who doesn't want that? I mean, it's what we really want. And I would go so far as to say that's what people outside these four walls are looking for. It's something real. It's something beautiful. If you you go back in John, just a few chapters in 13, he's saying the same thing again, but he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. And he adds this. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're a Christ follower if you love one another. That's the kind of billboard that you want for your church. That's that's that thing that builds a bridge. That's that essence of community and love and, and that is a, a beautiful greenhouse where things that are healthy grow. It's the right environment for things to really prosper. Love one another. As I've loved you, love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. I love our church. I mean, Debbie and I just, man, we just love you guys. It's incredible. Like an incredible, incredible honor to be able to pastor, to, to lead, to believe with and for you guys. And we love our city. Oh, do we love our city. And we're still trying to find ways to express that to them in a way that's meaningful and an expression that really connects with where they're at. And we're all part of that. We want to speak in a language that people can understand. I'm going to ask the team to make their way back. We really want to help people to do relationships well. And I believe that's only possible as we get real with God. We let the fig leaves go and get back to being naked and unashamed before Him. God, and I want to say this as forcefully as I can without not saying it well, but God does not shame us. We shame ourselves. We heap shame on each other. But God does not shame us. Shame is one of those tools that the enemy uses to keep us isolated, apart, defeated, and guilty, and and just not loving ourselves or each other. Shame, shame did not come from God. It was a serpent that introduced that into the, into the garden, not God. The shame that came with the awareness of nakedness, that wasn't God's plan. If you're, if you're feeling shame here this morning if you braved through the shame to get here this morning, if you said, I'm going anyway through the shame here this morning, can I just say, shame off you? (laughs) Not shame on you, shame off you. God is not the author of shame. He loves us. I can only imagine the heartbreak in God you can hear it, you know, I can hear it in his voice when I read that. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? It's like we read it, you know, Adam, where are you? I I read that and I'm like, it's like, you know, it would be like me, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and looking over and my wife's not there. It's like, you know what I mean? That moment of like, something's been lost here what's, what's, you know what I mean not that God was you know what I'm saying don't, don't over I'm trying to make a point that the idea is like something was lost Adam where are you? because we cover up put on the mask we hide in fear I don't know Through Jesus and his grace, God removes our shame. He clothes us in his righteousness. And when we are loved so completely and so generously, it allows us to love unselfishly. Through Jesus and his grace, God removes our shame, clothes us with his righteousness. When we are loved so completely, and so generously it allows us to love unselfishly i love I love the sense of god's presence in this place. it's been here all morning and it's, it's not about the place it's about his presence. Wow, I am just soaking in it and uh and I I pray and I trust that you can sense that too the way that God wants to restore that garden that place of unity that place of of vulnerability I can't even say it vulnerability that word when we're real if you've got it don't trade it for anything there's no apple on the planet worth that we stand together I want to pray but can we we we've been really we've been really wanting to press in in worship we've really been wanting to connect with the heart of God in worship and is and I think this is a, a part of that it's like when we can get naked before God I mean I know it's a kind of a thing that we don't talk about in church much but but that's a pretty vulnerable state nothing covered nothing hidden you know when we can be that way figuratively but it's so uncomplicated it's so beautiful okay god help me to hear your voice god have your way in this place god i pray for those that are carrying a burden of shame that is just crushing. God, in the name of Jesus, I, I just speak for you in this moment and I just say shame off of you. No shame. Lord, release the shame on people's lives. Lord, I pray that people will release that shame, that it would be gone in Jesus' name. It would be lifted, it would be destroyed, it would be pulled back, that shame would be gone and the fear that goes with it. God, that fear would not be our prison, that we would not hide in fear from you, God, but that we would be willing to trust that you love us, trust that you will receive us, that we will trust in what Jesus has done for us and come boldly to your throne of grace and be received by Abba, Father, Dad. Lord, I come against fear. No fear. No fear in Jesus' name. And God, where we've put up walls between us, where we've carried offense, where we've somehow decided that we're not good enough and we need to compensate for things in our own lives and we're not willing to be real, Lord, I just pray you'd help us. Oh God, release us from that. Help us to give and receive grace. God, restore, restore, restore. We want to live according to your building code, Lord. We want to be in that place. So God, now as we worship, God, we come and we make ourselves vulnerable. We come and we we, we lift up our hearts to you, Lord, as an offering, the good, the bad, the ugly, the broken, the hurt whatever, the, the, the part that's still good, Lord, we lift it to you, God, and, and we know that you will receive that. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord.